It all started with a very simple idea. Tell the stories of how successful middle market CEOs made it to the corner office. I'm Brand Handley, founder and managing director of Resource Options International, or ROI. We're the USA's premier executive search firm focused exclusively on empowering middle market companies to attract, hire, and retain A players while transforming top executives' careers and lives. ROI's Into the Corner office is dedicated to discovering how middle market CEOs advance their career, and we're making these remarkable and sometimes quite unbelievable stories available to you for the very first time. Listen and learn about the challenges they've overcome, the interesting people they've met along the way, and the lessons learned that steered these executives' unique journey into a middle market corner office of their own. I know you enjoy these CEO stories as much as I've enjoyed recording them. So thank you for listening today. And if you like what you've heard, rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm looking forward to you joining me on the next great middle market CEO adventure into the corner office. My CEO guest today is John Murdoch. John is an accomplished technology executive with over 20 years experience in global software and services organizations. John was the chief revenue officer at Centage for three years before he became CEO and is passionate about delivering an amazing experience for customers. Prior to Centage, John held senior leadership positions at Juniper Networks, Kapersky Labs, and Quick Pivot, where he is responsible for various aspects of sales, channels, and customer success, both domestically and internationally. John holds a Bachelor of Science degree in engineering from Northeastern University and pursued his MBA at Boston University. He's a husband, father of two, and a Boston sports fan. John Murdoch, welcome into the corner office. Thank you, Brant. Appreciate the uh, time today. Uh, it's great to have you here. And uh, we spoke a few weeks ago, and it's been a busy summer, I'm sure, uh, in the Boston area, as it's been down here in greater New York. The weather's starting to cool a little bit, and I'm looking forward to a cool podcast. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Let's dive right in. I always like to start with kind of the early years. And, you know, tell us a little bit about where you grew up and, you know, what your early family life was like. Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, so I so I grew up in Connecticut. Um, All right, yeah. you know, born and raised in um, Northern Connecticut. Which um, part? What city? Town called Enfield, Connecticut, okay. just no, a little well, north of Hartford yeah. and yep. south of Springfield, and right. um, you know, a great uh, you know great childhood, great place to grow up and nice. uh, and and be a kid in the seventies. Mom and dad professionals? Were they blue collar? What was your you know kind of working environment upbringing? Yeah. So, so my dad was, uh, was a police officer, oh, cool. um, and, uh, and then later a detective and, wow. you know, spent his, uh, spent his uh, career in law enforcement and had a great and accomplished career. Um, and my mother was, um, you know, did, you know, a variety of different jobs from working in different, you know, doctor's offices oh, nice. and administrative jobs uh, throughout the years. So did she um, do that while you were growing up? In other words, kind of working part time or was she a stay at home mom for a while while uh, you were younger? They did. They did. Yeah. I mean, definitely a working class family. Yeah. You know, yeah. everybody had to contribute. And, awesome. you know, my dad worked on different uh, shifts and different, you know, times of the day and, um, you know, handed things off to my mom, you know, throughout, nice. you know, throughout the years, right, trying to make it work. And I can imagine as a police yeah. officer, there were times when, you know, called away on the weekends or middle of the night, that kind of stuff that went on as, as well. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Brothers and brothers and sisters. 
Yeah, so I have one brother. Um, one brother I have a, yep, I have a younger brother, and uh, just the two of us and our shenanigans growing up in, uh, in Connecticut. So. <laughs> Are you the older or the younger? <laughs> uh, I'm the older. Yeah, older, older, older brother. Right. Yeah, a couple of years yeah. apart. How, how close? Yeah, are you we're we're about four years apart. Okay. So okay. Uh, you were the big brother then. I yeah. I was the big brother, although I can't <laughs> I can't say that now. I, you know, ah, right. Um, you know, he's he's definitely uh, outgrown me. So awesome, awesome. Yeah. What kind of yeah. inspiration? If you think back at mom and dad, and you know the way they approach their career or, you know, the things they did growing up. What, what are some of your earliest memories about some of the things and the lessons you've learned in that family? Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of lessons, right. I mean, so, you know, uh, influential in my life. Um, so, I mean, I think top on the list is really kind of work ethic yeah. and, um, you know, putting, you know, putting your all into whatever you do. Um, you know, I think attitude, having a positive attitude, a can do yep. attitude, um, you know, certainly something that stuck with me throughout, you know, throughout my life and, uh, and still today, um, you know, I think, a, I think a big sense of family and family units and, you know, we had a big extended family nice. and, uh, on both, you know, on both sides. So yeah. all, um, all in the area of where you grew up. Yeah. All, yeah. all in kind of the, you know, yeah. In Connecticut, uh, Massachusetts area. And, um, you know, so lots of cousins and aunts and uncles and, you know, an extended family and, you know, real focus on, um, you know, on family and team and team unit. And, you know, I think all those, all those things uh, stay with me today. I was going to say, it sounds like some pretty good foundations and looking forward to hearing more about your career as we uh, go through the pot. Um, yeah, any other inspirations, you know, coaches, teachers, folks that you remember, uh, Sunday school teachers, perhaps other things that came to mind uh, or, or folks that really had, you know, an impact on uh, your direction during those early years? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, with, with a big family, right. You have a lot of aunts and uncles sure. and yeah, you know, a lot of, a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of cousins, a lot of older cousins, um, you know, and so I think, you know, having all of, you know, having a big family, you know, unit and, you know, you have a lot of different people that, you know, you draw inspiration from. Um, right. and, uh, you know, so I think that's, you know, that, that's really kind of helped me, um, huh. you know, get to where I am. Any kind of, uh, folks in that, in that, realm that kind of, you know, set you in a certain direction, any, you know, words of sage advice or maybe recommendations or even, you know, connections to early jobs that you recall from those early days? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, no one person, but right. I think there was a, there was a heavy, you know, you know, a heavy focus, I think on education and mm. get, getting an education. Um, yeah. Moving and, up. yeah, moving up and, you know, trying, you know, trying to apply yourself. So I think, you know, I think, you know, myself and, you know, my cousins and, you know, that our generation were kind of the first to have that opportunity. Mm. So nice. Yeah. Were you a good student in school? I, I was not a good student <laughs> in school. Um, you know, I, I hear I, that I, very yeah. often with a lot of yeah. successful CEOs. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I wish I was, I, I certainly, uh, you know, try to impart good, you know, being a good student to my kids, but, uh, yeah. but I, I was not a great student. I was, a. um, and, uh, you know, I was a, a C student and, you know, just did, did just enough to kind of get by and get the job <laughs> done. And, you know, um, wasn't really till later in, you know, in, in my, you know, in my twenties when, you know, and, and probably in college when things really start to click and make sense and, 
get you focused. Take it more seriously. What yeah. about, uh, you know, some of the distractions that quote unquote, were you involved in sports, you know, music, theater, public speaking, anything outside of class? Yeah. I mean, so it, it was, you know, it, it was the seventies and eighties. So we yeah. were outside a lot, you know, yeah. um, you know, um, running in the woods, building, you know, yeah. building forts, you know, playing, you know, baseball and little league and basketball. And, um, you know, I, I did a lot of archery and hunting, uh, 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 hunting with my yeah. family. So kind of a lot. rural, rural area then were you? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Nice. You know, so, you know, just a lot of outdoor activities. So I think, right. you know, as much as I could stay outside, I, uh, you know, I liked being outside. <laughs> so. Up after breakfast and home yeah. by dinner, right? Yeah. yeah. Those yeah. are the days, you know, it's right. a pity. We can't do that with our kids these days, right? We can't, or, unfortunately. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm yeah, a hypocrite. We, yeah. we grew up in a different life. Now I yeah. get it. What yeah. about entrepreneurial things? Uh, did you have the ubiquitous paper route? Did you, you know, sell Christmas cards? Uh, my brothers and I sold mistletoe during the, the Christmas season. But uh, <laughs> were, were there things that you did that were unique in that regard? For yeah, I, spending money? I, I did it all. So I did the paper route. <laughs> I had. How I old had, were you for your first paper route? Oh, geez. You know, gosh, that's a good question. Maybe eight, 10 years 10, old. Yeah, 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 eight, right, nine, right. 10, probably nine or 10 if I had to think back that far. Teaches you a lot. Um, yeah. yeah, it does. And, you know, so I picked up two paper routes and, Good for you. Um, and, you know, kept busy with that. And, you know, was it the kind where you had to go door to door and collect at the end of the month, the subscriptions oh, and yeah. the customer great. service part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Today, so, you know, you yeah. all pay online yeah. and everything. I think yeah. it's just such a wasted art. You know, I never yeah. even have met my paper boy until I get the Christmas card, which is the request for the tip. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But, but you know, back yeah. in the day, you're 10, 11 yeah. years old, you're knocking on doors, people you know, answering in their, you know, their, their t-shirts and <laughs> smoking right. cigarettes. And, yeah. Oh yeah. Mr. Mr. Smith, you know, I'm right. here to collect the subscription. Yeah. You know, those are yeah, some good interfaces. So. That, I mean, that's a great, I mean, great experience, right? I mean, yeah. Collect, collecting money door to door. Right, and right. Right. I, I know you're in there, Mr. Smith. Right? You know, it's been, <laughs> Come on out. It's been three weeks. Come on. Um, it's time to pay. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you get that. Well, you know, it, it hit the bush three times this month, you know, John. So we're not going to give you, you right. know, the 50 cents right. we normally do. Right. That's right. That's oh, right. Gosh. But I'll, but I'll tell you what make what really sticks out even to this day is like those, um, those tips you get around, you know, Christmas yeah. time, you know, for, just, yeah. you know, somebody give you a $20 bill or, oh, yeah. you know, wow. or uh, you know, 30 or $40 tip. And like, you know, as a 10 year old kid, you're, you know, that makes a big impression. And what did you, know, you do with you it? Did you save it, John? Did you, you know, have, uh, you know, baseball cards you collected or, you know, what did you do yeah. with the spending money in those early yeah, days? Yeah, right. Yeah. I put it in the bank, you Good know, for and, you. And, you know, this is the days when you go, you had to actually walk into the bank and, and <laughs> deposit, right. deposit right. Yeah. you know, deposit the funding and they give you a little savings book and they print yep. out every yep. time. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. of course. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Here's your balance. Here's your interest. And, and you track I, it. You'd go yeah. back and look at it, right? Yeah. And track how the money's coming. I thought, know, it, I, thought it was the the coolest, I thought it was the coolest <laughs> thing to see, see how much I was building an interest. And so yeah. every... Every time I could, I'd, you know, I'd run over there and kind of get, you know, more get into the, the bank. And, yeah. yeah. That's um, cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Did you save it towards college eventually then? Or was there the yeah, first car I mean, that you had the to first finance? first car, right? Yeah. I mean, right. so the right. first car comes, you hit 16 and, <laughs> you know, you want to start driving and you take every dollar that you have and you try to go get, get a nice That's car. Right. And so, right. so it went, every, everything went into the first car and, and, uh, 
yeah, I bought my own, you know, my own first car and thought I thought that was amazing. And, you know, I had to pay my own insurance and gas yep. and everything else. Yep. Right? Good so, for you. What mm-hmm. other kind of jobs did you have? Uh, did you do other work in high school going into college? I, I assume it's, you probably had to pay for some of your college, right? As you went through or, or mom and dad in a position to help you out there. Yeah. I mean, so I, I mean, restaurants, as soon as, you, yep. you know, as soon as I yep. could, you know, drive and get to a place, you know, uh, you know, I worked in several restaurants and kind of did that through college, right? It's just, right. A, it's a great way to, um, you know, to make money, to make tips, yep. to meet people and free um, food, free food, <laughs> yeah. free food. Those meals. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And how did you decide what college to go to and, and what you decided to eventually study, John? Yeah, I guess, you know, a theme's developing here. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, so I went to North, <laughs> I went to Northeastern, which is a big co-op school. school. Um, yeah. and so they offer a co-op program. So you go to, you go to college for five years, yep. you study, uh, in my case, you know, engineering and throughout that five years, you, you know, you have a chance to go work yeah. for different yeah. companies in and the area. And you worked area. in your field, right? You worked you in, work in your field. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So, you, so you work in your field and, you know, so I, I chose that path as a way to help put myself through college. Nice. Um, and you got it, paid for that. It, it was, you, was yeah. it discounted? Was it kind of part of it goes towards tuition or, or were you paid full yeah, full, you were paid full. Wage. Yeah, it, nice. it was That's like you know having a having a full time job. Full time job while you're going to um, yeah. You know, it was great, and you know, I I chose that path to help you know make make some money and sure. you know and, and to pay for college. But you know, I think looking back on that experience that I I gained at you know eighteen nineteen years old working in a in a office environment, right, um, was you know, really what turned, you know, the trajectory in a different direction for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, How'd you pick engineering? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So engineering was, um, so, so just all, was always good with math and yeah. science and, you know, computers when they were first, you know, really hitting the scene. And, um, it was just really kind of a, you know, a strength, right. And, and, and an interest. So, um, and had a family friend who was, a who was an engineer and spent some time talking to them before going to college and right. just got inspired as, Hey, that, that sounds like a really, really nice career to follow is to, you know, go through engineering and, uh, apply what I'm, you know, what I'm good at, which is yeah. math and science and data and things like that. So awesome. And um, was computer science offered at that time or was that still kind of a nascent uh, area of study? Yeah, exactly. It was very, yeah, it was, it was nascent. It it was offered, but it wasn't quite as popular. Um, So I chose civil engineering instead and, you know, but if, if I was that same kid now, I'm sure I would have chose the computer science route. Particularly Um, given the career you've gone into. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What was that first job out of college? So it was a co-op. Um, okay. So, so yeah. I had I had I had the chance to work with um, uh, to to work with uh, a gentleman who was starting his own engineering firm. Um, oh, wow. his, nice. his name was Sam Park, and he yeah. was starting starting an engineering firm. And um, called me a couple months before graduation mm-hmm. and said, "Hey, you know, um, starting my own firm. Would you like to come and work for me?" And um, I had didn't have a job at that time and really wasn't thinking about what I was going to do and yeah. said, yeah, absolutely. So well, that's an interesting choice because obviously, you know, engineering, well today, uh, my, my son's a mechanical engineer and it's still one of the best courses of study for undergraduates. I remember he graduated, you know, in the kind of the midst of the great recession and, and, you know, almost mm-hmm. every single one of his engineering colleagues had at least one, if not multiple job offers where half the kids in his fraternity, you know, didn't. Um, right. and, and I know right. the attraction there, but, uh, going 
with an early stage company, that's that's a little risk taking. Is that a reflection, I think, of your personality or, or was it just the first opportunity that came along? Yeah, you know what? I, it was the first opportunity. Yeah. Um, I really respected Sam. But you knew I, him. Yeah. I, I, I knew him. And, you know, but I, but I, I think if I really dug deeper, you know, it, it's, you know, I've really had a passion for mm. entrepreneurship yeah. and building and, and, you know, all the way back to, you know, to just being a kid running around in the woods and building forts, right? I just had a, <laughs> I had a, had a adventurous for, spirit. Yeah, I just had a passion for, you know, for building things. So I think that's part that's part nice. of what drew nice. me, uh, you know, to work for him. And so came to work for him. He yeah. was, it was a startup. He, you know, built a very successful uh, company and I worked awesome. for him for two years and yeah. it was uh, it was terrific. Great. Any leadership responsibilities then or did that come a little later on? It, yeah, that came later for me yeah. in my career. Right. Um, you know, I, I was really kind of his, just his right-hand person, you know, to help with, sure. you know, everything from, you know, cleaning the office to, you know, going on um, sales calls with them to yeah. engineering assignments. And, and I learned a lot about business and, um, and particularly sales, I think through that right. period, right. Um, you know, when he was starting the company, as you can imagine, it was a lot of, um, okay, let's go find some clients. Um, <laughs> well, how do you do that? Right. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Hop yeah. in the car. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> right. Let's before go. the internet, before yeah. CRMs and everything That's right. else. Yeah. Grab your, grab your bags, kids. Let, let's go. And, um, and so, and, and turn, you know, and I think, you know, later in my career, that's what, you know, kind of drove me more towards business development yeah. and sales and, you know, and, and that passion was, awesome. um, you know, I think kind of sparked at that, you know, at that point in my life. What were some of the earliest lessons you learned from Sam? If you had to, you know, mention one or two that you remember, either specifically things he said or, you know, things that you took away that you still use today. Yeah, that's, I mean, they're probably all blended in with a lot of other mentors along right. the way. Right. right. Um, you know, I think, you know, I think, you know, Sam, Sam was great. I think his determination to build a company mm. and to, you know, find customers and to do whatever it takes, do whatever it takes mm. and, um, was, um, and, and to be creative about it. Mm. And, you know, I think all of those, all of those things that I was observing really at yeah. that, at that time and not really thinking about, um, uh, you know, if I took the time, I would probably, you know, say, I, you know, I, I definitely picked up some good, um, some good mentorship right, without, right. without knowing it, sure, uh, sure. you know, at that time. So. You were in your early twenties, I assume at that time, how old was Sam? Oh, so Sam was probably in his thirties. I want to okay. say so he's a good maybe 10, 10, yeah, 15 years older. Yeah. yeah right. So he had um, a passion. I'm sure he had well. a passion. Yeah, you know, yeah. He was married, a couple kids. Right, stayed, right. The stakes were higher. Yeah. And, yeah, um, I can imagine. You know, and he built, yeah, he built a great little company. He sold it, uh, sold it several years later and, cool. uh, he's been very successful. And so, yeah. Do you remember the first time you started managing people, John? I do. Yeah. So, so what my first, you know, my first management role was probably, um, you know, in my early, early thirties, late twenties, mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. was given the chance to, um, to manage a sales team. Uh, so nice. I had, tra I had transitioned after Sam you know, from engineering into, right. into sales and sales engineering work, technical sales, technical mm -hmm. yeah. sales. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, for five or six years, I was a, I was a technical sales rep and, nice. you know, individual contributor and, um, you know, found my way eventually, you know, um, to a, to a company that was uh, willing to give me a chance to manage a team cool. of other sales reps. And, um, so of course I jumped at that and, um, and, and took it and, um, you know, had a small team. I want to say it was four people, mm -hmm. four or five people to start. And, um, and, you know, really learned a lot 
<laughs> yeah, again, any we, we got a theme here. Any yeah. any lessons yeah. from those yeah. early days? You know, do you yeah. you know yeah. you know good or bad? Right? You know, I mean, sometimes uh, in those early responses, you, you you make your mistakes, and that's why they start us when they're young, when we're young, yeah. right? In those management jobs. But do you recall things from those early days or that first time manager that uh, you know you you still practice today or, or don't practice, as the case may be? Yeah, I, I mean, I think. I, I think you make a lot of mistakes your first time managing. Sure. I think, you know, I think, um, and I made my, my fair share of mistakes. I think, you know, you, you have this view of what you think management is, especially if you've worked for somebody with, you know, many years of experience and then you get your shot at it and you yeah. have some people looking to you now for guidance. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and, you know, I think, uh, I think it's a lot harder than you, than, than I, believed it to be, you know, when I first went into it and then you make, you know, you make mistakes, you over rotate on process and policy and things, things like that. Right. And, you know, and, and not enough on, um, what really matters, which is helping your team and helping right. your people. Right. Um, and so I think I made those mistakes early. I mean, I think I was still a successful manager and, and, and still help, but, you know, um, you know, reflecting back, you know, maybe made a, made a few mistakes and, and could have been a better, uh, you know, a better manager by focusing more on the people and, yeah. and helping them, you know, versus managing them. What we find in our executive uh, recruiting practices, a lot of first-time managers tend to take the cookie-cutter approach, right? You know, right. they've either had a good boss in the past or they, you know, manage in a certain way and they try that with everybody. And they very quickly learn that, you know, you got to manage, you got to modify that a little bit. <laughs> I know yeah. for myself, speaking personally, <laughs> that was a, that was a tough lesson to learn early yeah. on, particularly yeah. when you change companies, right? And go to different cultures. I right. worked for Procter & Gamble for about nine years and I went to Disney for 10. And while they're mm -hmm. great fortunate and 50 companies, wow, they couldn't be more different in terms of culture and, you know, learning how to do that differently. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Any, any best or worst lessons from previous bosses that you've carried with you over the years? Yeah. I mean, I think the, I, I think the best lesson that I've learned and, and still, you know, still continue to focus on is, is, you know, was really the team and, yeah. and the people yeah. and, you know, I without that, you know, with, without that, you don't have great results and you don't have a company and, um, and so, you know, staying focused on the people and the team and, and the culture and all of those, you know, all of those elements will lead to great results if right. you, um, you know, and I think, um, you know, so that's, that's been really, I think some of the best lessons that I've, I've been given and I've been, been, uh, lucky to have had some really great mentors of my own and, and, and people that I've been able to learn, learn from that's along great. the way. Right. That's um, great. you know, um, yeah. Sentage is your first CEO job as I recall from uh, going through your background, correct? It is. Yeah. First time CEO. First time CEO. Um, I'm and about nine months into it. Nine uh, months in. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Mm -hmm. it's, it's great. You're probably yeah. one of the freshest CEOs that we've had on the show, which is great. Okay. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit how you got to that assignment. Because um, I think you joined this company at uh, a C-suite position, correct? Before you were promoted in? Or tell us a little bit about your path to the corner office. Yeah, I did. So so I've been with Centage now for about four years. That's and, right. Yeah. And came, came in as, um, as the head of sales. Uh, you know, so senior level sales, yeah. uh, and marketing executive. And, and so pretty I, much I a, pretty much a sales career up to that point in time, right? After you left engineering, you'd been in 
increasing levels of sales responsibility in a variety of companies. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, managed to, you know, managed a small team of four or five that I yep. just talked about eventually, you know, led to, you know, leading a team of a hundred or so and, um, and, you know, up to hundreds of millions in revenue. So, you know, I had a, had a career for, you know, the, the last 20 years that just was, you know, steady and steady, yep. you know, um, I guess promotion through kind of the sale, the sales and uh, marketing ranks, and right. um, and then that led me to to uh, to Scentage, and yeah. I was in, introduced to Scentage by um, by a mentor and a, and uh, and a former um, a CEO of mine of mine that I okay. worked for. You didn't come in through a recruiter then. You you were did not no came, no came in through uh, through a board member right. that, uh, right. that I worked for about fifteen years ago and. Um, and, you know, certainly he knew me from that time and yeah. we'd, we'd kept in touch and he introduced me to the company uh, for my, you know, for my skill set to come sales in. Yeah, sale, yeah. Wait, was, was there a, an assumption at the time or a possibility that you knew that you could succeed to the CEO position or was it just purely based on coming in as a head of sales role? Yeah, I, I think there was there was there was always an eye towards some succession. Mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. you know, and and uh, but not immediate, right? There wasn't a right. time frame for that, or you know, or, or any or any thoughts around that. But um, certainly something that I wanted to do at some point in my career, um, and didn't necessarily have to be Scentage, um, yeah. but um, but um, uh, so so. But here I am. That worked out. And yeah. was there you know kind of a. Uh, a succession planning as in the last year or two prior to taking over the role that led you to this, or was it a, you know, your previous CEO leaving unexpectedly? Tell us a little bit about how, you know, your career developed from as a head of sales to, uh, to the corner office. Yeah. So, I mean, our story and my, I guess my story is, is a little unique in that our former CEO uh, did pass away oh, un unexpectedly. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And so in, you know, at the end of 2017 and, um, you know, he passed away, unfortunately, and, um, you know, was a great person, a great man, a great, you know, a great leader. And, um, and, uh, so the board and, and I agreed on a succession uh, with me and we did it in a very thoughtful way. Mm -hmm, so we took, mm -hmm. you know, we took, we took several quarters to, um, you know, to make that transition and one right. of our board board members stepped in on an interim basis. And, um, you know, that allowed me to kind of get up to speed, you know, on the business and in the broader scope of the role, um, and also allowed us to go through, you know, some succession, yeah. uh, for, for my role. And, um, right, right. and so, um, did you so hire internally for that? Did, did someone come up through your ranks as uh, taking over head of sales? Yeah, we did. We promoted a, a couple of people internally. So, I mean, so I think that that worked out really well yeah. for, uh, you know, for them. And, and again, we did it in kind of a thoughtful way, which, which, um, uh, you know, which I'm glad we did. Right. It versus, doesn't always happen. <laughs> I can tell yeah. you from my experience. So yeah. that's good to hear. And, and, and it so, sounds like the board was actively involved, which is great. Yeah. The board was involved, yeah. very, very supportive. And I think, um, you know, I think we've come out, um, you know, stronger, yeah. you know, and, um, were you the only internal candidate being considered or were there others or did they look outside as well? Or was it yeah. pretty much a, a done it, deal that you would be the one that would take over at that time? Yeah, I, I was really the only the only yeah. candidate. Yeah. And um, nice. and um, yeah, so I think um, and, and certainly, you know, 
had, had been having discussions with our former CEO and the board right. about, you know, you know, career, to, and, right. yeah, yeah. About, about career goals and where we go from, you know, he, you know, where do I go down the road? And, you know, I think, you know, back you to were on the list, <laughs> if not top of the list. For yeah, I think back, back to the theme on people, no matter what yeah. level you are in your career, you know, staying focused on people and where do they want to go and what are their aspirations? Mm. And, you know, I think is super important. And, you know, I've been, um, I've been an advocate for myself, but all, but also I think, you know, um, surrounded myself with good leaders and, you know, board members and that uh, are thoughtful about that and ask, you know, where, where do you mm-hmm. want to go, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in a couple of years, what comes next for you? And so yeah. I think because, you know, of us having those discussions, they knew, you know, that I, at some point would want to be a CEO for Ascentage or some other, other right. company. So, yeah. Well, it sounds like you were treated that way and then you've gone on and treated others in the same way. Yeah. Is that a fair yeah. statement? I, yeah. I try, I try to pass it on. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. John, yeah. how's your leadership style evolved over time? Yeah. I, th- I mean, it certainly has evolved. I think I've, ma- I, I think, you, you know, I've matured right, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really I think spent, you know, a lot more time and attention focusing on, you know, uh, on, on really communicating, right. uh, culture, you know, people dynamics, you know, really understanding, you know, um, you know, how I can help, you know, uh, you know, people. So, um, you know, you work, so now that, you know, at where I am now, I spend a lot of time working, you know, kind of on the business right. and talking about centage and, yep. you know, strategies and, you know, and, and what we need to do at the corporate level. But, um, but I have to spend a lot of time also working in the business mm-hmm. with, with mm-hmm. the team. So mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, I think that has, um, you know, I think that aspect has evolved, right. To be, right. to be able to go back and forth between working on and in the business is super important and, mm-hmm. um, having the right balance there. And you're about 150, 200 employees. Is that about right? Um, yeah, we're just, just over a hundred, just over a yeah, hundred right. today. Yep. And kind um, of traditional executive suite structure. You've got a head of sales, you've got a head of finance. Yeah, uh, marketing, yep. marketing and sales combined. Uh, that's common nope. in software. You've got that separate. Right? Yeah, we have that separate. Yeah. So we have a head of marketing, a head of sales, a head of service, um, uh, a CFO. Right. And, um, uh, and then we have, uh, you know, a head of engineering and product, of course. Right. So it. Yeah. is it all mm-hmm. SaaS or do you have pro- actual products that you sell as well? Yeah, we're all SaaS. So, I mean, that's been the transition we've been on as as a company. And and the reason I came here four years ago was to, you know, make that transition to the SaaS, Mm -hmm. to a SaaS model and to the, to a cloud business model and, um, and help evolve the company to, you know, to be what is more traditional in terms of kind of the software, um, you know, software, um, structure, go to market, product pricing, all that sort of stuff. Right. John, how do you decide if it's time to micromanage or when to stay out of the sandbox of uh, particularly your direct reports? <laughs> well, with a, with a hundred employees, I think, you know, um, you have to be, um, you know, you have to be available. You have to be visible. Right. You have to make yourself, um, accessible for, um, you know, for the entire company and customers. Right. Um, sure. and so I think, um, you know, first of all, just making sure you have an open door policy mm-hmm. and, and you're available so people can come to you and, and when there is, uh, is a need and they need help. Um, so be ready know, to dive in and then be ready to dive in. So, you know, I don't, I, I, I don't like to micromanage, but I do like to help where I, where I can add value and right. help and, and, and be approachable and, and, and uh, a resource. And so I think do people um, come to you, do you, do you find that you get a response rate to that? And, you know, um, they, they do. I, I will say, you know, 
be nine months into the role. I think, yeah. you know, some people are intimidated by the title. Um, sure. and I, and they want to look good. They don't want to, they want to look show good. Weakness. And, you know, I think yeah. that's just maybe some human nature that, right. you know, as, as you work your way up in an organization, you know, I think the titles, you know, you know, um, seem to, you know, um, seem to, you know, I guess get in the way sometimes of, right. of, of open conversations. So, um, so, you know, I try to break that down and just be real and be human and, you know, and, and, you know, just be a person and try to connect and, you know, see, see how I can help. Um, and, you know, and, and that's how I, that, that's how I, I can help and stay out of the sandbox. Right. If, um, and is try not to be too distant from, right. from people and be, you know, be available if, you know, if needed. Um, and then, you know, I think that's the people side. And then there's the business side where, you know, you need to have good metrics and you yep. need to uh, need to understand, you know, a leading metrics so you can see problems before they arise. And, and I think you have to tool out, you know, an operation where you have, you have that available so that you can see problems before they emerge. Right. Um, Cause I think as a, as a senior executive, I mean, you have, you should have the experience to, to see those things before, uh, you know, others perhaps, right. And, or try to, and pr try to bring your experience to bear. So, but know, it's like, hard to keep your finger on all of that. And, and, you know, you need good people to come to you when those problems develop on the front line, right. Cause uh, if, if it's 30 or 60 or 90 days before you find out about it, um, that may be too late. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. it get, gets back to, you know, kind of empowerment and That's not right. micromanaging. So if you, to be able to do that, you need to surround yourself with great people. Um, you need to support them and arm them and empower them to do their jobs and, um, and help out where they need help and get out of the way when they're not, when That's it's right. not needed. Right. So, so, so I'm going to say on your behalf, an open invitation to all the Centage employees that are listening today. If you find a problem, make sure John or your direct supervisor knows about it <laughs> earlier than later. Right. John? That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> there's no harm. There's no weakness. There's no judgment. That's right. Uh, you know, management yeah. wants to know. So yeah, that's right. I know that was one of my things, you know, growing up in companies like Procter and Disney, you know, you just didn't want to show weakness in those days. And uh, you know, sometimes you'd come to a problem or a point where you go, gosh, I just have to go forward. And, and, you know, you're always welcome with, well, I'm so glad. Thank you for coming. And you always learned a good lesson from it. So yeah, you know, that's a good, uh, good, good approach. Tell us a little bit about um, building a company culture, particularly as a new CEO. Um, you know, what are your thoughts about that? Where do you see your role? You know, is the culture fairly well defined there? Are you making changes? Do you have core values? Give us a little bit of a riff on your thoughts around building a company culture. Yeah, culture is 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 a big one. It's fresh. Um, so, mm. and one of the areas I, I've really tried to focus on. Um, uh, for, you know, so for my short tenure as the CEO. So, um, so, I mean, culture is built, you know, of, of people that share kind of a common, you know, common, you know, um, work ethic and principles and, you know, have, you know, have similar, you know, kind of goals and alignment right. and communicate well, you know, so culture is a, is an, is an interesting thing and it's, and it's intricate and it has, you know, many kind of, kind of layers. So, you know, I think one of the first places I've, I've focused on, and we have a great culture. So, um, at, at Centage and, and it's something we want to build on. Um, and, um, but one of the first things that, that I wanted to really, you know, make sure that we had in place is particularly as we've grown and we continue to grow and add more people, it becomes harder and harder to add people into right. that culture. 
is, um, you know, is building out some shared principles and values mm. and a vision yep. and, and, you know, those, those simple things that, that, you know, don't always exist when you're in a super startup environment yep. and there's 10 or 20 or 50 people or even a hundred people sometimes, um, you know, the leadership team just hasn't taken the time to sit down and say, okay, here, here, here's what we stand for. And, you know, document, you know, aspects of the culture yeah. and then hire people that, that believe in that, you know, in those principles that embody those principles. And, um, and certainly the leadership team needs to embody the principles and, you know, walk the walk every day. So, so we've spent a lot of time this year, particularly like trying to, trying to really codify like our culture Mm. and our principles, because it is a very strong culture. And, um, and, but as we've grown and added people, um, you know, we want to make sure we maintain that. Yeah. Very important. What what would you say is unusual or perhaps unique about Sentage's culture? Um, good question. I, you know, I think what, what makes our, I think what makes our culture, you know, really unique is, um, is, is really the, the friendships that exist, mm-hmm. you know, I think, you know, across the company, it's such, such a, uh, you know, a big level. I think it's very collegial. It's been a yeah. very, f- it feels like a family. It feels like. At a hundred you know, people, you pretty much know everybody's name. Right? You know, everybody's yeah. name. Yeah. Everybody knows, you know, everybody knows everyone. And, yeah. and I think, um, you know, enjoys working with each other. And, you know, and I think, so we've built this really kind of family centric, uh, you know, friend, friendship centric, you know, culture at the nice. same time, we've built a great company and, you know, that, that is going to be hard to continue to maintain as you grow, but yeah. you know, that that's where the culture comes in. And, yeah. and, um, and so I think the passion that's kind of come out of that and the commitment to each other and to the, to the companies, uh, for me has been very unique. Yeah. Well, you're on a growth uh, trajectory and I'm sure hiring people. Yeah. You know, wh- what do you look for when you're making bets on the people you invest in? Yeah, it's um, I mean, I think, you know, I, I, I think you, it's a hard one because you really could dig to the core of who mm-hmm. somebody is and um, and really find out, you know, really what drives them. But, I, you know, I think we're really here and, and what what matters most to me is finding really, um, you know, committed, authentic, mm. kind people. Um, um, and, you know, I think that matters most, uh, you know, and I think, you know, com- um, I think trying to find, you know, that kindness and those, mm. those qualities that don't always come through in an interview where people are so formal and professional and, yeah. you know, it's about yeah. results and data and metrics and things like that. Um, you know, fi- finding, you know, finding really the engine that drives somebody and, Mm. you know, to, to be committed to, you know, to a team and to a goal and to each other and to be, Mm. you know, kind and helpful to, you know, to one another. I think those qualities are super helpful, um, and help build a great company. And, and, you know, I believe also make for a really great, uh, customer experience, which is super, super important for, uh, you know, for me and for us as a company. So, you know, so I, so I really look for those qualities is really that kind of that, you know, that passion, that commitment to people, that team, that work ethic, um, and you know, that, that, that kindness, you know, doing it in, in, in a, in a kind way. Right. You know, um, and really avoiding, you know, kind of the, kind of the cutthroats and the folks that, you know, want to climb over one another to get ahead. Right. So, well, it sounds like it's a very collaborative, cooperative culture and, you know, kindness is something you can't really teach, right. They they have to have been raised that way. So, uh, yeah, exactly. Important thing to recruit against. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. 
exactly why, you know, like, I think you have to dig deep to, you know, to who they are as a person. And, you know, if, and, and so that, that's an important cultural aspect, right? Yeah. Well, John, our time's flying by here. Uh, so I've just got one last question for you. And thank you so much. I've learned so much about you and Sentage. But we always like to ask all our CEOs, you know, what kind of career and life advice would you give someone that has their eyes on the corner office? You know, maybe someone who is just uh, maybe a few years younger than you just took over a head of sales position and, you know, wants to potentially be considered for that CEO office someday, or maybe, you know, a decade or two younger and they're earlier in their career. What, what words of wisdom would you share with them? Yeah, I would just say put yourself out there, embrace mentors, just mm. find just find as many great people, not one mentor, not two mentor, you know, you should find lots of people that you can take little bits and pieces from and just put yourself out there and ask for help and, you know, and ask for guidance and and be open to, you know, to feedback and, you know, constructive feedback or or different paths to right. get to the goal that you you know you seek. I think um, you know, I if I would have never necessarily picked the path, you know, if I were to rewind 20 years ago that, that I've taken. So I think you have to kind of be open to new paths, make the most of each step, ask for help mm. and, you know, good things should follow. Sage advice. John yeah. Murdoch, newly minted CEO of Sintage. Thank you so much for your time <laughs> and sharing your journey into the corner office. Thank you, Brant. Appreciate the time. Thank you for listening to Into the Corner Office with Brant Hanley. We hope you enjoyed hearing our guest CEO story as much as we did. If you want to hear more CEOs reveal their journey into the corner office, please subscribe via iTunes and tell your friends and colleagues. For more information about Brant, Resource Options International, and the mighty middle market, visit www.goforroi.com. We look forward to having you join us for our next episode.